Welcome to Mexico Unexplained, where we will explore the magic, the mysteries, and the miracles of Mexico. This series presents information based partly on theory and conjecture. The podcaster's purpose is to suggest some possible explanation, but not necessarily the only ones to the subjects we will examine. Here is your host, Robert Bito. Welcome. I'm muy bienvenidos to episode number 372 of Mexico Unexplained, where we examine the magic, the mysteries, and the miracles of Mexico. I'm your host, Robert Bito. Nestled in the southeastern corner of Mexico, the state of Tabasco unfolds as a land rich in history and culture. Known as the Eden of Mexico, Tabasco boasts a lush landscape teeming with rivers, jungles, and archaeological treasures dating back to ancient civilizations. Its capital, Villahermosa, is a vibrant hub where modernity converges with the echoes of a storied past. As the birthplace of the ancient Olmec civilization, Tabasco has played a pivotal role in shaping Mexico's cultural heritage. Amidst the emerald green landscape and historic ruins, a tapestry of myths and legends unfolds, carrying whispers of ancient deities, mystical creatures, and the enduring spirit of Tabasco's people. Here are four captivating myths and legends that have left an indelible mark on the cultural fabric of this Mexican state. Number one, the Snake Woman of La Punta. The first legend takes place during Spanish colonial times. Maria Violeta lived with her mother, Doña Beltrana, in a house in the Plazuela de la Concepción, in the old neighborhood of La Punta, in Tabasco's capital, Villahermosa. The girl was quite rebellious and had several boyfriends at once and would have gentlemen callers sometimes multiple times per day. Doña Beltrana was aware of Maria Violeta's secret encounters with various men and sometimes punished her with the lashes of a horsewhip when she returned after her nightly adventures. However, despite the lashings, the girl continued to escape every night. Over time, Maria Violeta's reputation caught up with her, and fewer and fewer men wanted to go out with her. The rumors were so bad, and the girl's reputation so soiled, that the matronly Doña Beltrana could no longer be seen in public without the ladies of Villahermosa gossiping about her or her daughter. One day at the market was so bad for poor Beltrana that she vowed to whip her daughter something terrible when she returned home. When the Doña did make it home, she grabbed the whip and headed toward Maria Violeta. The girl was also in a state of upset because of the lack of gentleman friends in her life, so she wasn't about to stand for such corporal punishment from her mother. When Doña Beltrana raised the whip against her daughter, Maria Violeta grabbed the whip with the intention of beating her own mother. Suddenly, when she grabbed a hold of the whip, it turned into a gigantic snake. Both women were surprised when the newly transformed whip started attacking Maria Violeta in its snake form. At one point, the snake merged with the girl and Maria Violeta then turned completely into a gigantic serpent. With Doña Beltrana screaming in horror, the huge snake slithered out of the house and made it to the shores of the Grijalva River. Into the warm waters of the river, 
the horrible beast disappeared. Doña Beltrana was mute from terror for several months, and only on her deathbed she narrated what happened to her daughter. Since then, the neighbors in the Barrio de la Punta have sighted a strange aquatic creature in the waters of the Grijalba River and have named this being the Snake Woman. This large, slithering, scaly snake is said to leave the Grijalba River to attack children who disrespect their parents or who are ungrateful to them. The city of Villahermosa, at least part of it, is said to have very well-behaved children because of the story of the degenerate Maria Violeta. Number 2. Unusual Elements of the Carnaval de Tenosique Tenosique is a town in southeastern Tabasco, about 15 miles north of Mexico's border with Guatemala. It was first inhabited sometime around 1000 BC and has had people living there ever since uninterrupted. In the local Maya dialect, the town comes from two words, Tana meaning house and Tsi'ik meaning weaving. So loosely interpreted, the original name of the place meant House of the Weavers. The carnival at Tenosique dates to pre-Hispanic times, and anthropologists believe that elements of it may even predate the Maya and might go into Olmec times. This local festival deserves mentioning in a show about legends because of the legendary characters and rituals found in this annual celebration. The Tenosique Carnival starts around January 20th and lasts a few weeks. Very few outsiders attend, and it is not a celebration put on or marketed to encourage tourism. The festival begins with the Baile de la Arena, or the Dance of the Flower, in which the townsfolk grab sacks of cornmeal and start throwing the flower at each other in the style of a food fight. Another important dance at the Tenosique festival is the Pocho dance. Pocho is a local god that predates the Maya, and researchers cannot determine how far back the belief in this god goes. In the festival, the god has priestesses called Pochoveras, or maidens of the flowers, who are responsible for keeping the fire lit at Pocho's altar during the entire duration of the Tenosique carnival. In addition, these women create and display a banner made from flower petals, which is the symbol of the god Pocho. Also during this festival, the people of the town create gigantic dummies made of corn husks and corn paste that resemble papier-mâché Judas dolls found in other parts of Mexico. These large corn husk effigies are called cojoes, and each coho represents an offense committed against the god Pocho. Also important in the Tenosique Carnival are the jaguar dancers. Esteemed villagers will paint themselves white and dot themselves with charcoal, all while wearing jaguar masks and animal skins on their backs. The jaguars try to destroy the gigantic corn dolls, but are symbolically prevented from doing so by the Pochovera priestesses. No one in the town knows why they do what they do during the Tenosique Carnival, but some anthropologists theorize that this may be the oldest continuously celebrated event in all Mexico, with origins going back possibly well beyond 3,000 years. Number 3. The Ghost Cowboy 
There was a cattle thief who once roamed the countryside of Tabasco and ruined the livelihoods of many cattle owners with his robberies. One struggling family who had fallen victim to this thief hunted him down. The teenage son of the cattleman took a spear and hurled it at the thief, striking him squarely and killing him instantly. Following the tragic event, the soul of the dead man began to travel through the cleared pasture lands and lonely back roads, taking on the appearance of a mysterious rider. Over time, the legend was mostly forgotten, almost no one remembered it. But the ghost rider continues to ride all the infrequently traveled roads throughout Tabasco almost daily. Some nights he prowls the river region, others through the Chontalpa area or the Sierras, and most of the time through the center of the state. Of those who have had encountered this strange apparition, motorists, truck drivers, or motorcyclists who travel at night, many have not lived to tell the tale. It is said that suddenly, the rider crosses the road or path, causing the driver of the vehicle to brake. If the driver is drunk when he sees that rider, he lets out all kinds of expletives and curses, and the ghost cowboy stands in front of him with flashing eyes and laughing in a demonic way. So in terror, the traveler accelerates madly, ending his dizzying race against a tree or another vehicle, losing his life. No one has seen it happen, but it is assured that the ghost cowboy approaches the accident vehicle and carries the soul of the deceased on his shoulders. This is certainly a cautionary tale to avoid deserted roads at night, especially if driving intoxicated. Number 4. The Goblins of Masateupa a long time ago, outside the town of Masateopa, in a place called La Savana, at a small ranchito named El Juanal, there lived a family who liked to raise backyard animals. They liked chickens most of all, since they had quite a few, and sometimes managed to raise up to 50 or 70 chickens at a time, in addition to their turkeys, ducks, and pigs. The people of Masateopa would say that the El Juanal Rancho was a lonely place because it was so remote and no one lived in that area except for that family. Although living in primitive conditions at the edge of the wilderness, the family was not afraid of anything because the lady always remained in prayer. She prayed to God and above all to the Virgin Mary. One day, suddenly, without knowing why, the chickens began to walk strangely. They stumbled and their necks twisted very badly. Some fell and wanted to get up, but couldn't. They had that type of affliction almost every day from dawn till dusk, and when night fell, all the chickens were fine, as if nothing was happening to them. Rumors began to spread around the town of Masateopa that the chickens at the forlorn rancho were demon-possessed. The family was surprised and wondered why this was happening, since it was only the chickens, and that it didn't happen to the other animals. They began to call the chickens cachurecos, which is a colloquial term for crooked or twisted. The family did not know what to do in the face of such a curse upon their little struggling homestead. Some family members didn't even want to eat chicken because they knew what was happening to those animals. 
One day, the father of the family decided to call on an older indigenous man who served as a sort of medicine man or shaman in the town of Masateopa to come see what was happening to them. When the shaman arrived, he knew exactly what was going on. The first thing the old man asked them for was posol, or hominy, with cocoa, two small gourds, and a pack of cigarettes. The shaman took them to the edge of one of the cow pastures and stood before the gigantic trees that were the beginning of an endless forest. At this spot he performed a ritual to appease the local spirits. After the shaman was finished, the animals returned to normal. When he came back from the edge of the forest, the respected elder informed the family what was happening to their chickens. He told them that it was the goblins called Alushas who were doing evil to the animals. The goblins wanted the family to leave the place since it was their territory, and the family never asked their permission to clear the land and start their little ranch there. The family didn't want any more trouble from these creatures, so after a while, they had to leave their homestead and settle in the town. Since then, and until now, no one lives at the Rancho El Juanal. Only cattle graze there. Thank you once again for listening to another episode of Mexico Unexplained. Remember to like and subscribe to us on YouTube and follow us on Twitter and TikTok. Tell your friends by sharing these shows with others. Please go to our website, MexicoUnexplained.com. For references, illustrations, and for free access to transcripts of past shows, please visit Amazon.com to purchase the books Mexico Unexplained, Mexican Monsters, and Mexican Miracles to get hard copies of the magic, the mysteries, and the miracles of Mexico. We appreciate your kind attention once again. Until next time, thank you and gracias. Thank you for listening to another episode of Mexico Unexplained with host Robert Bitto. For show summary, relevant links and commentary, please check out our website at MexicoUnexplained.com. Like us on Facebook and be a part of the conversation. Adios and hasta la vista.